Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Irish History Podcast. My name is Finn DeWire and this is a Halloween special on Ireland's first witch burning. While Halloween will be celebrated this Friday, few realise that this coming Sunday, November the 2nd, marks the 690th anniversary of the execution of Petronella of Mead, the first person burned at the stake as a witch in Ireland. This podcast looks at the truth behind her trial, what she was accused of and how it came to pass that this woman suffered a horrific punishment in one of the darkest and most unsettling chapters in our history. Before I go any further, I should say some parts of this show might not be suitable for young children. To begin though, we need to turn back the clock to late autumn in the year 1324 when some of the bizarrest events in Ireland's history took place in the town of Kilkenny 70 miles southwest of Dublin. Petronilla of Meath gained immortality of a kind and certainly infamy on November the 2nd, 1324, when she was the first person executed for witchcraft in Ireland. Little is known about Petronilla's life. She seems to have had two daughters, Sarah and Basilia. We do know, however, that the death Petronilla suffered was horrific. Having already been tortured, she was burned at the stake in front of a huge crowd of onlookers. Her execution had come at the end of months of scandal and intrigue in medieval Kilkenny. Before Petronella died, a confession of sorts was extracted from her after she had been flogged. This revealed her supposed crimes and what was a particularly strange story. Her main accuser of witchcraft was the then Bishop of Ossory, Richard Ledred, and he later recounted her confession in detail. Ledred's account began. She admitted in front of all the clergy and people that under the influence of Dame Alice Kittler, she had totally rejected faith in Christ and the Church, and three times on Alice's behalf she had sacrificed to, to demons. On one of these occasions, by the crossroads outside the city, she had made an offering of three cocks to a certain demon, whom she called Robert, son of Art, from the depths of the underworld. 
She had poured out the cock's blood, cut the animals into pieces and mixed the intestines with spiders and other black worms like scorpions with a herb called milfoil as well as other horrible worms. She had boiled this mixture in a pot with the brains and clothes of a boy who had died without baptism and with the head of a robber who had been decapitated. This was all done at Alice's instigation. Petronella had also made many concoctions, lotions and powders which were to cause injuries to the bodies of the faithful and arouse love and hate as well as to make the faces of certain women appear before certain people with horns like ghosts when particular incantations were added. Petronella said she had several times at Alice's instigation and once in her presence consulted with demons and received answers. She had consented to a pact whereby she would be the medium between Alice and the said Robert, her demon. This apparition happened by daylight before the said Dame Alice, and while Petronella herself was watching, the apparition had intercourse with Alice. Today, this unbelievable story can hardly be taken seriously, but in 1324, the impact of this testimony would have been electrifying. The medieval world was a highly superstitious place. People fervently believed in the power of demons and magic. Potions played a role in daily life, often being used as natural remedies in a world where medical knowledge was limited. Indeed, Petronella's confession no doubt terrified many of the population of Kilkenny who had heard it. To add to this fear, before she was consumed by the flames, Petronella accused others of involvement as well. According to the annals of St. Mary's Abbey in Dublin, she claimed Alice Kittler's son, William Outlaw, had frequently used something called a devil's belt, a device to whip himself while devil-worshipping. However, it wasn't just the superstitious nature of medieval society that made Petronella's confession believable in Kilkenny at the time. Strange as this may sound, parts of her confession had a basis in fact. The dark story that landed Petronella on a pyre in Kilkenny in 1324 began way back in 1280 or perhaps earlier and had little to do with Petronella herself but instead concerned the shadowy life of the other woman named in the confession, the person at the heart of this conspiracy, Dame Alice Kittler. Alice Kittler was the daughter of a powerful Flemish merchant family in Kilkenny in the late 13th century. Her family's continental origin was by no means unusual in Kilkenny. The Norman colony in Ireland was populated by people from across England, Wales, northern France and modern Belgium. Indeed, there was also people from as far afield as Italy. So cosmopolitan was life in medieval Kilkenny that English, French and Latin were all in use until the late 14th century. Alice Kittler herself was probably born sometime no later than 1265 as she was already married in the year 1280. This, her first marriage, was to a powerful wealthy man called William Outlaw with whom she had a son of the same name who would go on to be accused of witchcraft as well in 1324. Through this marriage and through the wealth of her own family, Alice Kittler became a very powerful, influential and wealthy woman. As well as being a merchant in the prosperous town of Kilkenny, she was also a moneylender. In 1303, the family's vast wealth was revealed, as documents show Alice's son, William Outlaw, 
was in possession of £3,000, then a phenomenal amount of money. However, despite, or perhaps due to this great wealth, controversy was never far behind the Kittlers, and in particular from Alice herself. By 1302, Alice's first husband had died, and she and her second husband, Adam Leblond, were accused of a murder. While she was acquitted with the support of some of Kilkenny's more powerful families, the fact that her own relative, William Kittler, the Sheriff of Kilkenny, was one of her accusers, no doubt, raised a few questioning eyebrows. By 1316, Alice's second husband too had died, and she was now married Richard de Val. However, Richard was not to last long either, but shortly died as well. After his death, Alice sued his children for what was known as the widow's share, which amounted to a third of Richard's estate. While Alice's multiple marriages seem a little unusual today, in the medieval period this was by no means unheard of. What was unusual though was for a woman to live on her own, so most women remarried, and in an era of high death rates this could see women widowed and remarried more than once. By 1324 Alice had married for a fourth time, to John Lapuere, a member of the powerful Lapuere family. However, soon suspicion surrounding Alice began to surface when John Lapuere grew sick. According to a contemporary account, his nails and hair fell out. It appears Lapuere himself was suspicious of his wife because he, along with a servant, took the keys to a chest that Alice owned and in it, according to the Bishop of Ossory, discovered a sack full of vile and horrible ingredients. This appears to have brought to the surface long-running resentments about Alice Kittler in Kilkenny. Children of her previous husbands now began to come forward, claiming she had killed them, but not before using magic potions and demonic spells to ensure that Alice and her son William benefited from the deaths. There is no doubt that Kittler was benefiting from her marriages, while some historians have speculated that the symptoms described in her last husband, John Lapuere, are very similar to the symptoms of arsenic poisoning. As concerns grew in Kilkenny, these charges were brought before a man who would become Alice Kittler's nemesis, the Bishop of Ossory, Richard Ledred. When the charge about Alice Kittler's murderous relationship with her husbands was brought before the Bishop of Ossory, Richard Ledred, he was only too willing to believe them. The bishop was of a similar age to Alice Kittler, but had lived a very different life. He had been born in England in Leatherhead, hence his name, Ledred. By the closing years of the 13th century, he was already a Franciscan friar. He then spent several years in the early 14th century in Avignon, France, at the papal court. It appears that while there, he was deeply influenced by by a scandal that rocked the papacy between 1308 and 1310. In these years, the poor fellow soldiers of Christ and of the Temple of Solomon, better known as the Knights Templar, were persecuted by the King of France, Philip IV, who owed them vast amounts of money. In order to persecute the Templars and escape his debt, the King, Philip IV, had tortured members of the Order of the Knights Templar and extracted admissions of heresy, worship of demons and numerous other similar crimes. These confessions and the brutal methodology used to extract them had a profound impact on many at the papal court, including Richard Ledred. 
A few years later, in 1317, he was appointed Bishop of Ossory, and when he arrived at his seat in Kilkenny, he was fascinated with heretics and witches. Later that same year of 1317, he held a synod in St. Canis' Cathedral of Kilkenny, where he railed against heretics in his diocese. Therefore, in 1324, when he heard of Kittler's unusual marital history and the complaints that she had possibly killed her husbands and used potions to deceive them, he was only too happy to see demons at work. Ledred was also probably very wary of Kittler anyway. She was a powerful independent woman, something that was anathema to the teachings of the church and indeed societal norms at the time. Ledred seems to have infused these accusations in Kilkenny about Kittler with what he had heard about the trial of the Knights Templar and perhaps spiced them up with local rumours and came up with seven charges against Alice Kittler. These were denying Christ, sacrificing animals to demons, consorting with demons, holding witches' covens in churches, concocting potions and spells, killing her husband and last, but certainly not least, that she had had sex with a demon called Robin Artisan. He supposedly appeared as a cat, a black dog, or on some occasions as three black men. However, when the bishop tried to bring these charges against Alice Kittler and prosecute her, he soon found he had underestimated the woman. Facing the charges, she called on some powerful friends. The seneschal, a kind of governor in Kilkenny, called Arnold Lepuer, and the treasurer of the Norman colony in Ireland, Roger Outlaw, both supported Kittler. Indeed, when Ledred attempted to move against Alice, Arnold Lepuer went as far as imprisoning the bishop. This, however, massively backfired because the population of Kilkenny rallied to the imprisoned cleric and on his release, Ledred held a major demonstration in the town. It was clear Richard Ledred would not be cowed in the face of intimidation and he pursued the case with increasing vigour. Taking no chances, Alice Kittler now fled Kilkenny to Dublin. However, Ledred, sensing he was increasingly in a dominant position, pursued her, despite the massive risks, as Kittler's friends tried to stop him. According to Ledred's own account, Arnold Lepuer, the seneschal of Kilkenny, plotted to have him killed while he travelled to Dublin after Kittler. He claimed... An ambush was secretly organised against the bishop. Armed men were to attack him at a certain bridge on the road which he must travel. A driven man, Ledred would not be stopped. Instead, according to his own words, he chose to travel in grey pearl through deserted mountainous places which had no roads. Despite these dangers, the bishop successfully managed to reach Dublin and now the momentum in the case shifted to him. He pushed ahead with the trial, but before he could have Kittler hauled before his court, she strangely disappeared without a trace. Over the years, her disappearance has done much to add mystery to this case. In that summer of 1324, Alice Kittler left Ireland and was never seen nor heard from again. No one has any idea where she went or what happened to her. However, she had read the situation correctly. Ledred had gained the upper hand and was now pushing his point home. With Alice Kittler out of the picture, Richard Ledred now pursued the others who he suspected of involvement. And it was at this point that Petronella of Meath comes back into our story. Over time, William Outlaw, Kittler's son, along with Robert of Bristol, Johannes Galrusen, William Payne de Bowley, Petronella of Meath, 
her daughter Sarah, Alice Carpenter, Anotta Lodge, Elena Galrusen, Suzuki Galrusen, and Eva de Brownstown were all arrested. Aside from William Outlaw, nothing is known about any of these people or who they were. Perhaps they had worked for Alice Kittler. One source does refer to Alice Kittler as the mistress of Petronella of Meath. And apparently, when Kittler left Ireland, she did take Petronella's daughter Basilia with her. The trials that followed these arrests took a sinister turn as the accused were punished in accordance with their position in medieval society. William Outlaw, Kittler's son, was the richest and best connected of the accused and was able to escape the flames or any major physical punishment when he agreed to re-roof the cathedral in Kilkenny with lead as recompense. Incidentally, this is probably what caused the cathedral to collapse in 1332. Arnold Le Puer, the Seneschal of Kilkenny, was not so lucky. His status fell significantly in the late 1320s and Richard Ledred had him charged with heresy for aiding Alice Kittler in 1328. He died in prison in Dublin Castle the following year and his decomposing body lay unburied in the Dominican Abbey Dublin for several weeks. As a heretic, he could not be buried in consecrated ground. The worst, however, was reserved for the ordinary folks involved in the case. It seems the focus increasingly came on Petronella of Meath, who was tortured by whipping, after which she admitted her role, as we heard at the beginning of the show. 690 years ago, this coming November the 2nd, she was burned at the stake in front of a huge crowd in the shadow of the great cathedral of Kilkenny, which still towers over the town today. She was the first person to suffer such a fate in Ireland, but not the last. The others accused by Ledred did not escape without punishment either. Indeed, the final words of his account are a fitting and somewhat chilling way to bring this show towards conclusion. Ledred recalled, The other heretics and soothsayers belonging to that society of Robin Artisan were dealt with according to the law. Some were publicly burnt, some publicly revealed their crimes in front of the whole of the people and then, after abjuring heresy, had their outer clothes marked in front and behind with a cross as is custom. Others were solemnly whipped in the town and in the marketplace. Others were exiled outside the city and the diocese, while others were so terrified they took flight, hid and have not yet been found. What exactly took place in Kilkenny in the run-up to 1324 may never be revealed. Certainly, Alice Kittler had a habit of marrying, being widowed and making money in the process. Likewise too, it is not inconceivable that she and perhaps some of the others accused held some unconventional spiritual beliefs. The truth we will never know for sure, but it certainly led to one of the eeriest and most brutal chapters in our history. That's where I'm going to leave it for this week, folks. I hope you all have a happy Halloween. Until next time, Sloan. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 